you have your Bibles this morning, I need you to turn to the book of Ephesians. You're going to be in chapter 2. We're going to pick up where we left off last Sunday. We're going to be in verse number 4 going through verse number 9. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 9. If you had to put a title on the morning's message, it would be, What are you wearing? What are you wearing? We're going to see now where the first three verses that we looked at last Sunday, we we saw sinful man. It was a picture of what we were without Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we were dead, dead in our trespasses and dead in our sin. But it also helped us to realize that we've been deceived. We've been deceived by the father of lies, Satan himself. Because he's the one that's orchestrating the world system in which we live. And we, when we were lost, we were deceived that the world had all of our answers. We looked and we thought uh, we could be successful in the world's view. We could be successful. But then we also saw that uh, if we continue uh, living without the Lord Jesus Christ, if we continue to live in our deadness, if you will, then we were doomed. We were going to spend eternity in a place called hell. But then we came to verse 4 and we just barely touched upon that. We saw uh, that we can be delivered from that kingdom of darkness and be brought into the kingdom of light and light. Aren't you glad this morning that you may have been dead in your trespasses, but the Bible says that we have been quickened and when we've been quickened, we have new life and the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to touch on this. We're leaving sinful man. We're leaving death. And we're coming to see the focus now is what Jesus Christ has done for us. I need some help this morning. And Vance is going to come up real quick. And he's going to help me with this. As we made mention in verses 1 through 3. And Vance is staying right here. Right here, right here. There you go. Vance, and I'm not Vance, uh, his testimony is that he knows Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Uh, he wants to continue to live for the Lord Jesus, and he knows that Jesus has a purpose and plan for his life, okay? And so we're grateful for that, and we're uh, happy to hear that. And so uh, this is just illustration purposes. Uh, here's Vance, and he's living in darkness. He does not know Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. He's dead. Spiritually speaking, that means he has grave clothes on. Amen? If you're dead, they're going to bury you in your grave clothes, right? And so he was, he's in his grave clothes. But then he recognized that the Lord Jesus died for him. He recognized that uh, he shed his blood so he could have remission of his sin. He realized he was in need of a Savior. And because of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit working upon him, he recognized he was in need of a Savior. And by faith, he called upon that sweet, wonderful name of Jesus. And when he called upon that sweet, wonderful name of Jesus, the Bible says he was quickened. Just like that. So that means that he's taking off the grave clothes and now the Lord Jesus himself is bringing him a new garment. He's bringing him a robe of righteousness. Oh, isn't that good? 
He now has something different to wear. He no longer is on the grave clothes. Don't be too much a clown here. This is my show, not yours. <laughs> ah, you got to love the guy. You got to love him. So, so, so he now, because of what Jesus Christ has done for him, Jesus himself puts on this robe of righteousness. Now, what does this robe of righteousness? Uh, Dolly Parton sang about it, but Joseph also uh, uh, wore it, a uh, coat of many colors. Remember that song? The coat of many colors. And so this robe of righteousness has many patches to it. First of all, we're going to see this robe of righteousness His now has a patch of love because of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to show you in more detail in just a few moments. And so you have love here because it was the love of God that's enabled him to wear his new garments. But not only that, this love has a byproducts of it, if you will. Because of the love of Christ, we also experience His mercy and His grace. So He has love, He has mercy, uh, and He has grace upon Him. But grace, the outflow of grace, is forgiveness. See, when you forgive someone... You extend grace to them. Amen? And so we see here that this coat of, uh, and this robe of righteousness, it has love, it has mercy, it has grace, it has forgiveness on it. But it also helps us to understand that it also has new life. He now has a new life in Jesus Christ. He now has a new garment, and with that new garment, he has a new life. And that new life will take him further than he really realizes how far the Lord Jesus Christ wants to take him in his faith walk. By the way, that's true for every one of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Ephesians talks about the wealth that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the problem with many of us is that we have not put at our disposal the wealth that has been given to us. By the way, it all came when you got your new garment, okay? But then we also see that he's been exalted because the Bible, we're going to see in just a few moments, we have been exalted with the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's something else that we see in this garment. We see that he keeps us. He keeps us into the day of his coming. And so here, Vance, who's done a wonderful job, shows us that he now wears, because of what he's done with the Lord Jesus Christ and because of his faith, Vance is showing you he no longer wears the grave clothes, but now he wears the garment, the robe of righteousness. Amen. Okay, thank you, Vance. You did a good job. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. except for that little snag a little early. You did okay. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Everybody okay? Somebody ought to have a spell about right now, just, just with that illustration right there. Do, do, I mean, do you understand you have a new garment if you've been saved? You are now wearing a robe of righteousness. 
And it's not because you did it. It's not because of your works. It's all because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so, uh, we're in Ephesians. If I can get my little thing turned on. Here we are. Look at verse number 4. Now remember, he just said that we were dead and we were doomed and uh, we we were deceived. But verse number 4, I like the way it starts out. Having said all of that, he says, but God. (laughs) Oh, that's good right there. He says, oh, I understand you were dead. I understand you were deceived. I understand you were doomed, but God. Who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Isn't that good? He loved you. He loved me. Then he goes on and says, Even when we were dead, notice this is past tense, even though when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Aren't you glad we don't have a whole bunch of rules and regulations that have to go? But aren't you glad you're not bound by the law anymore? We're under grace. Oh, grace, grace, how sweet the sound that saved. And, and I know my daughter got on to me. I said, it's not wrench. And I said, well, where I come from, that's how I pronounce it. I, I know. What, what's the word? Y'all know it. Wretch. I said wrench last time, but. I told you, I need to be in a brew glass man. And he says, and he hath raised us together. Do you understand? We that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ here this morning, we have been raised together. Not only spiritually speaking, but one day we're going to go up together when the Lord Jesus calls us home. Aren't you glad we're going to go up together? And since we're going to be going up together, why don't we just kind of get along while we're together, okay? And so he says, it brought us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved and through faith and not that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so here we see very quickly what does our garment look like and what does it represent? Well, we've already alluded to the fact that salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can save. I said he's the only one that can save. I don't care what others are saying. Uh, I'm telling you by the authority of the Word of God, Jesus Christ is the only way unto salvation. And so uh, Jonah uh, said in Jonah chapter 2 verse 9 says, Salvation is of the Lord. That means that your works uh, doesn't mount to anything. Now I'm not saying that good work, not to do good works, not saying that at all. But the Bible is quite clear is your works does not get you to salvation. 
doesn't matter how many times you've read through the Bible, which is a good thing. That does not in itself get you to heaven. It doesn't matter how many times you've taught a Sunday school class. It doesn't matter how many messages that you preach. All of that's well and good, but that does not get you into heaven. Only by the way of the cross and knowing Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior is the only way into salvation. And if you have salvation, then that's the way you get to heaven, okay? And so he tells us, first of all, in verse number 4, and I've already alluded to in our garment, He talks about love. Now, this word love is a very interesting word. There's two types of attributes. When you start talking about uh, the nature of God and uh, all of that, there's two attributes that we need to understand. First of all, we need to understand intrinsic. Uh, That means that the attributes of who He is in His being. God is love. That's his nature. Now watch this. But there's also relative attributes. What does that mean? That means that who he is in his being, how he relates to us. Example, would you agree with me that God is truth? Some of you do. Would you agree with me that God is truth? That is who he is. He's truth. But how does he relate that to us comes in the form of faith. Okay? So when you say by faith that you trusted Jesus Christ, what you're saying is he is true. What he says is truth. And my faith is based upon what he has said. Not what a theologian has said, not what a commentary has said, but what has He, Lord God, said about me uh, is true. He says, I was a sinner, I was dead in my trespasses. That's truth. But I recognized the fact that I needed a Savior and I uh, repent and confessed my sins and I called upon His wonderful name and that my faith is based upon who He said He is. He says He is the one true one. But then how about holiness? Would you agree with me that God is holy? Now how does He relate that to us is justice. How do I recognize that He is holy? I come to understand that I'm under wrath. I understand that I'm guilty as charged. I understand that when I stand before Him as my judge and and, and I do not have a personal relationship with Him, then I understand the fact that judgment will fall upon me and I will suffer the consequences of that judgment. And that judgment is a place called hell. Now, his being is holy, but how he relates to us comes out is justice. And so now go back. God is love. We would agree with that. But how does he relate to us in his love? He, now think about, somebody's going to get upset, but hear me out. We are not saved in and itself By God's love. Okay, you got this? What do you mean, Brother Mike? You just told us that God loves. Yes, He does. But God would be love, and He would love even if you were not a sinner. 
Why? Because that's what he is. He's love. But because he's love, he relates it to us in mercy and in grace. The Bible says you are saved by grace. Okay? Now understand, you're saying, you, you're just kind of, uh, you, you're trying to, uh, uh, frog's hair, you're trying to split frog's hair. No, 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 no. understand, it's his love, that's who he is. But how he relates to us, that out of that stream, if you will, comes mercy and grace. Yes, it all involves his love. But that's the natural byproduct of his love. And so what does it mean about, uh, about his love? Well, first of all, we're talking about uh, mercy in verse number 4. In verse number 7, we're talking about grace. Now, what does that mean? All right. The definition of mercy is that you, do, you did not get what you deserved. That's mercy. Okay. You come before the judge, and the judge says you're guilty, you know you're guilty, but yet he, does, he exercises mercy on you, and so you deserve death in hell. The Bible tells us that. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you deserve death in hell. The wages of sin is death. That's the judgment of God. But being because He is love... He's exercising mercy. Aren't you glad for mercy this morning? That you didn't get what you deserved? But notice also grace. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. You should have got a spanking. Right? So, uh, children, uh, teenagers... You need to understand your parents have exercised grace more than you realized. They should have already beaten you this morning, even got going good. They should have just wept and thanked you and said, wait a minute, Brother Mike, Brother Mike. It's 2018. We don't do that anymore. At my house we do. Matter of fact, the Bible says it's okay. Matter of fact, it says if you don't do it, you're disobedient, right? Now, I'm not saying, you know, you just strike. I mean, I'm, you know, understand what I'm talking about. But it's okay to punish your children. Now, you've got to do it with the right attitude. And, and here, this, this is all free charge here. <laughs> Never discipline your child when you're angry. Cool off a little bit, then belt them. <laughs> But, but wait, don't, don't ever do it in haste and in anger. I've been guilty of that and I've, I've repented of that. I, I exercised discipline when I, I probably should have cooled off a little bit better. I'm just saying. And so here, grace. So um, grace and mercy flows out of who He is. He's love. There was a monk and the announcement was going out to the little village that he was going to preach a message on the love of God. It was going to be an evening service. And so everybody in the little village there, they're getting excited. They wanted to come hear this monk preach on the love of God. What's he going to say? So it's getting dark. They're starting to go to this great cathedral. There was no lights on. 
It was dark. Church is now has filled up. The monk comes out and he lights a one single candle. That's all the light that was in the room. And that little candle illuminated enough to where you could see what he was going to do. Behind him was a large uh, crucifix. Of course, Jesus was hanging there on the cross. He goes up with that little candle and he holds it up towards the head and all you could see was the crown of thorns. He now takes the little light of the candle and he puts it in, on the left side, shows his hands. On the other side, shows the hands. He then goes down to the side where the wound is there. And then he takes the candle and he gets back a little bit to where now the full figure of Christ is illuminated. He blows the candle out and walks away. Well, I thought he was going to preach. Oh, he preached. What he was showing that congregation when he talked about the love of God, all he had to do was showing what Jesus Christ did for them when he went to Calvary. Calvary helps us to understand how much God loves us. And so we see love and we see mercy and we see grace that are coming out of there. Uh, then we also see that grace, there's forgiveness. John MacArthur uh, talks and gives an illustration. It's an illustration of a, a man who uh, was reckless and careless in his driving and he was driving through a neighborhood and uh, he was not paying attention and he, uh, a child was out in the street and before he realized uh, he hit the child and the, he now killed the child with his reckless driving. He gets charged with invo involuntary manslaughter. He's sentenced. He pays restitution to the family. He does his time. And by law... He's been set free. But we understand that even though the law may say he's free, he still was not free from the guilt that he was bearing because of his reckless behavior. He took the life of a little child. And the family finds out about this ordeal and they go to him. Of course, when he answers the door and he saw them, he thought, oh, man. And he says, uh, yes. And they said, we've come to tell you we have forgiven you for killing our child. The man wept. But that burden of guilt had now been removed. See, that was grace on their behalf. That was grace. And we need to understand this morning that when we experience the grace of God, we experience His forgiveness. Even though we're guilty as charged, He set us free. Isn't that good? The grace of God. And so 
we see love. Look at verse number 5. We see that we've been quickened. That means that we've been new life. Remember verse, uh, verses 1 through 3, we see that we were dead. Now we're quickened. That means that we've come to life. And the four Gospels, we see that they're uh, recorded that Jesus resurrected, physically resurrected three people. And of course, we know that uh, one of those was Lazarus. Now, notice how he raises Lazarus from the dead. He just speaks the word, come forth, Lazarus, come forth. Now, many see, uh, people say that he had to make mention Lazarus by name because if Jesus had said, come forth, all the graves would open up. He called Lazarus by his name and he used the word. Also, in the other two instances where there was a resurrection, Jesus used the word. My dear friend, we need to understand this morning that our spiritual resurrection comes by the way of the Word. The Word says if we have repented and confessed our sin and if we've called upon His wonderful, glorious name, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We understand the Word of God It was instrumental in our spiritual resurrection. And so we have experienced new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. But then in verse number 6, notice, it says that we're going to be exalted together. Do you understand this morning that, spiritually speaking, we're already there? We're already there. Now, Brother Mike, how can that be? Well, when we got saved, and, and, and Jesus even said, Jesus says, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. So if we're in Christ... That means where Christ is, there where we are also. And so to this morning, as he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, guess what? All those of us, of those of us who have trusted Jesus Christ, we're sitting right there with him. Amen. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty cool. You're already there. Uh, it's a guaranteed. You are there. But there's coming a day when physically we're going to have a resurrection and then we're going to have our glorified bodies. But right now, we have been exalted in heavenly places. Do you understand that this morning that we are rich in the Lord Jesus Christ because we are in heavenly places this morning? And if we're in heavenly places this morning, shouldn't it be... Physically, while we're here, we ought to be giving and showing a little piece of heaven. Our music should help us to understand uh, about heavenly things. Our preaching, our teaching should help us to understand about heavenly things. We need to show this lost and dying community that we have heavenly places that we're already there and we're just showing you very small, very small, very imper uh, not perfect, but we're showing you just a little bit of what it's going to be like when we get there. We're in heavenly places. And so we should be treating one another as such. So we've been exalted. 
Now, I don't know about you. You might be at the, the low man at the totem pole at your workplace, but I got good news for you. You are top dog with Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he thinks you are the cat's meow, all right? He thinks that you, he, he has elevated, he has promoted you. I don't know about you, but if I want to be promoted, I sure want to be promoted by the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's certainly not because of what I've done, but it's what he did for me. And because I am wearing my new clothes this morning, my garment uh, of righteousness, my robe of righteousness that I'm showing, I'm portraying the fact that I have been promoted and I'm going when I go. And if I go in the rapture, I'm going to be flying first class. Hey, if you ever flown first class, that's, that's a lot better than being back there with the rest of us that are too cheap to go first class. I'm, I'll, I'll, you walk by it. Don't you get a little envious when you get on a plane and you know you're at the very back and you're going to be beside people that are going to scrunch you up and, and you walk by and there they are. They got like recliners and they got all kinds of foot room and you're thinking, I don't know why they deserve to go. That's where I ought to be right there. And you fussing about it all the way. Well, if you come off your wallet, you can sit there. But guess what? In this heavenly flight, you don't have to worry about upgrading. You've already been upgraded. You're flying first class. Amen. And so we've been exalted. But then moving on, verses 7 through 9, notice He keeps us. Oh, He keeps us. In verse number 8, notice the word usage there, that, and, and faith. Now, he, in itself, the way, and I'm not going to take time uh, to go through the Greek, but that passage, verse number 8, helps us that he's not just talking about faith, but he's talking about the whole experience. He's talking about the umbrella of salvation. Okay? That means, the umbrella of salvation means that you've been regenerated, you are now presently being sanctified, and then you will be glorified. Salvation comes under that large umbrella. And here what he says is that he will keep us. Every, the whole experience is an experience that you cannot lose. Can't lose it. In the world in which we live, and we've already had security meetings here, we're all concerned about security, are we not? But my dear friend, if you're saved, you shouldn't have, that's the least thing you need to worry about. Because the Lord Jesus Himself says He will keep you. He says, if you're here, I'm going to wrap my holy fingers around you, and I've got you sealed until the day He calls us home. So what does that mean? But notice how it all comes about. In verse number 7 it says, In his riches. That word right there means unlimited. Unlimited. So I've heard people say, and maybe you were joking, but Sigmund Freud says there's always a little truth in your kidding. He says, well, I'll probably just wear I just probably wear the Lord out. I mean, I'm always going to Him about something. You're not wearing the Lord out. What He wants you to do is continue coming to Him because His resources are unlimited. Sometimes we treat God like, 
Well, he's got a, he, he's got a limit, you know, like at your home where your wife says, I'm going shopping, you, you go, oh, gosh. And you say, okay, here, remember, we can only spend this much. And, of course, you ladies are very obedient. You do exactly what he tells you to do. Matter of fact, you come home with change. And if you believe that story, I got real estate in Phoenix next to the seaside that I'll sell you. We don't keep that budget, do we? And here's how our thinking goes. He'll fuss at me a little bit, but hey, he's fussed before. My dear friend, there is no budget limitations on the wealth that Jesus Christ wants to give us. It's unlimited. And because of His riches, we now have experienced His love. We now have been quickened. We have been exalted. And we will be kept and be kept for all eternity. So go back to our original question this morning. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Some of us are still wearing grave clothes. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. My dear friend, today is the day unto salvation. Jesus died for you. And Jesus died for you not when you got your act together. He died while you were yet a sinner. He loves you. This church loves you. Well, Brother Mike, you just don't know what I've been up to. Who gives a rip? Jesus says, come as you are. We're not here to clean you up, but we're here to introduce you to the one who will clean you up. And when he cleans you up, you're clean indeed. You need to get saved today. Some of you are here and you're saved. You know you're saved. But because you have not acted upon the riches that the Lord Jesus has given to you, you're still in your grave clothes. You still go around, you're defeated. You still go around and say, well, I just, I don't know what I can do for the Lord. I, you know, I can't do much. And we're always kind of poor mouth. And, we're, and I'm not saying that we're not going to have bad days. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we need to live like we know we're wealthy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even when times are difficult, we ought to be able to have a song in our heart and praise upon our lips. But you're here and couple days you put that new garment on then the rest of the week you got your grave clothes on. That's not how we should be living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe there's some sin that's come into your life that you've not confessed and you need to get rid of that so you can get that garment that we've talked about this morning. Maybe this invitation's for you. Or maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Brother Mike, I'm feeling pretty good about my relationship with the Lord. I, I, I'm, I got my garment on and I, I, I feel fresh and I feel clean. Let me ask you this. Do you think you're doing everything you can for the cause of Jesus Christ? Well, you know, I could always do better. Then why aren't we? Why aren't we? See, this invitation is for every one of us in this room today. 
there's some things that I need to get taken care of as well. We all have stuff going on in our lives. And we have some things that have distracted us from being all we can be in the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, wouldn't it be a, a, a great honor to our Lord and wouldn't it bring glory to Him if every one of us, when we walked out of here, walked out in our garment of righteousness, shining bright for a lost and dying world to see? I think that would move Him tremendously. He says, they're getting it, they're getting it. Now, I haven't been to heaven, but do you think the Lord sometimes does that when He sees us kind of struggling and then when we get past that, He says, they're getting it, they're getting it. Oh, glory, they're getting it. But I think many times He's saying, okay, let's try again. Aren't you glad that He's a God of second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances? That's grace. Grace. Marvelous grace.